0: You're listening to the Millennial Life and Admin Podcast, episode five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Millennial Life Admin Work-Life Money Podcast. My name is Kimberly, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to make and manage your money to create work-life balance. And today, we're gonna to be talking about investing mistakes. Oh, my goodness. I have made so many investing mistakes in the stock market. It is actually laughable. And today I'm going to be sharing all those terrible mistakes with you. The title of this podcast is not exaggerating. It is not reaching. These are investing mistakes that you need to know to avoid losing thousands of dollars. And you'll notice throughout the episode that I sound very cheerful as I talk about some of my most embarrassing mistakes, and it's not because I'm happy I made them. I'm just so excited to finally share them to stop you from making these kind of mistakes, but also so that I can finally speak my shame when it comes to investing. Shame is such a powerful feeling when it comes to personal development, and Someone who researches and talks about this a lot is Brene Brown, who is a research professor and the author of the book Daring Greatly. And she talks a lot about shame and how we need to develop shame resilience. Shame can make us feel isolated, powerless, trapped, and it can really prevent us from moving forward with our lives out of fear. And that's really how I felt when it came to investing. I felt like Because of my past mistakes, I was so shameful that I didn't want to log into my investing accounts. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to face it. And obviously that's not healthy to just not face your fears like that and just to avoid it. So by speaking my shame, I'm hoping to develop shame resilience when it comes to personal finance. Yes, I made a lot of mistakes, but after this episode, I'm going to be free of those mistakes. And if you're interested more in Brene Brown and her work, I don't think I've done it justice on this episode summarizing it. I will link all of her TED Talks and her book in the show notes. But in today's episode, I'm really gonna be walking you through the five mistakes I made when it came to investing. And these are not super complex mistakes. They are actually very simple, mistakes that anyone can make, beginner mistakes. I've learned that investing can be as complicated or as simple as you make it so I hope you find this episode helpful at the very least entertaining and if anything after this episode I'm going to be free of my mistakes so before we get started I do want to give you some background information on the types of accounts that I currently have open for investing um I have a TD investing account, which is a place where you can buy and sell stocks. I have a Wealthsimple robo-advising account, and that is where you buy into a pre-made portfolio online and they invest for you. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. And I recently also opened up a Wealthsimple trade account, which is also another platform where you can buy and sell stocks. And I'll get into why I have two platforms that do that. In the past, I've also had a Wealthbar account. Wealthbar operates on the same principles as Wealthsimple. And I I used to have a Milo account. So a Milo account is an app where it connects to your credit card or or your debit card. And they will actually round off the purchases you make off those cards. Like if you bought something for like $5.25, they'll charge you $6 and invest the difference. I won't be talking very much about Milo and Wealth Bar in this episode because I no longer use them. But like, I did an experiment once um, to see which trade accounts were open, like, were the best for me. So I like opened a whole bunch of them. If you're interested in review, just let me know. But I started my investing journey in 2018. And it's funny because when I was creating this episode, I realized that I started in 2018 and that was also the year that I was really focusing on my emergency fund. And I talk a lot about my emergency fund in episode two where I go through the, my journey from 0 to 10 a $10,000 emergency fund and in that episode I really talked about how you know your emergency fund should be your priority but I realized that I didn't even take my own advice when it came to um to emergency funds because I was investing I started to invest in the stock market at the same time that I had um that I was saving it for an emergency fund which is not what you should be doing. And there are many reasons why I did this that you will learn later. But yeah, I think that investing again, so embarrassing. I just felt so stupid for all the decisions that I made that I kind of like repressed it and like pushed it in the back of my mind so that I would forget about it. But I am talking all about it today. I also have investments in retirement, but those are completely different accounts and that is another story for another day. So this episode is really gonna be talking about investing mistakes in the stock market. So let's just get started. So the first mistake that I really made when it came to investing is that I did not do my research into account fees, and I was paying hella high fees. Fees vary from financial institution to institution, but I was basically paying the highest fees out there. This is going to sound ridiculous, but not only was I paying $10 per transaction in my TD investing account, that means that I was paying $10 to buy the stock and then $10 to sell the stock. So as soon as I bought the stock, I was already in the red. I was already down $10 and $10 $10 might not sound like a lot if you're like investing tens and tens of thousands of dollars, but I wasn't. And so it was a lot of money to do for to me. And if that wasn't enough, I also had to pay $25 every quarter to keep the account open. That means that if I did absolutely nothing with the account, no trading, no buying, no selling, nothing, I still owed. TD, $100 per year, just for the ability to log in into that account. Is that not insane? And I thought that was normal. One of the best things I did for myself last month was I enrolled in an investment bootcamp. There, I really learned all the options out there and that This was the highest fee out there. Literally, I just chose the bank with the highest fees. Of course, all big banks have high fees. That's like how they operate. But I think RBC and BMO were charging like $9 or less and there are two other very big banks in Canada. And I just chose the bank with the highest fee because you know what? Like many of us, I chose what I was familiar with. So TD was actually the first bank that I opened when I was 15 years old, and I chose it because my parents banked there. I still have a TD account for many reasons, but I switched over my main banking to Tangerine because after I finished school and I didn't have that student status with TD anymore, they started charging me ludicrous fees to keep my account open. I think it was like 10 to $15 a month. Again, just for having the quote-unquote privilege of having a checking account open with them so that should have been my first red flag to not open an investing account with them And, and but in 2016 my best friend referred me to tangerine and I like switching over to a credit union is one of the best things I've ever done I've written an article on the difference between a big bank and credit union which I'll link in the show notes but I didn't want to go too much on a tangent but I just wanted to talk about how it's such a natural part of personal finance to go where you know. Um, and because Tangerine didn't have any trading options at that time, they now allow you to buy like ETFs and mutual funds. I went with TD. And when it comes to investing in banking, it really, really pays to do your research. During that investment boot camp, I learned about more options like Quest Trade and Wealth Trade that either allow you to trade for free or at a very discounted rate. And again, if you're interested in these trading options, I'll link everything in the show notes, but I highly recommend that you check out these options for yourself and research other options depending on your on where you live. I cannot believe I was paying such high account and transaction fees, but it gets worse. And if, like, if that wasn't bad enough, I also... Chose to the wrong account to invest in. So in Canada, we have something called a TFSA, which stands for tax-free savings account. It's exactly what it sounds like. It is basically an account that you can save or invest in tax-free. And you're given a certain allotment every year and it's cumulative. And I'm no longer, I'm no like nowhere near the maximum, but I chose not to invest in my TFSA. I instead chose to open up a personal account for investing. So even on the little bit of money I was making on investing, I was being taxed on it. Oh my goodness. The more I learned about (laughs) investing, the more I just learned about my mistakes and it kept getting worse and worse because the next mistake I made Is the truly embarrassing one, the one that I've kind of been hiding from everyone. And that is, I bought stocks on a hot tip. I went into investing and the stock market with a lot of greed and just a very short term mindset, which is not how you should walk into investing. I mean, I was still looking to invest for years, but I didn't need them, like, I didn't need the money anytime soon. But I walked in thinking I would make quote unquote quick money by buying cannabis stock. I, for reference, at the end of December 2017, cannabis stocks in Canada shot through the roof. Cannabis was going through the legalization process in 2018, and it didn't get fully legalized until October 2018. But of course, the year prior to the legalization, the industries were you know, starting to develop the cannabis and the government policies were starting to come out. And they shot up in December. And I decided that I wanted to get into involved in that and that this would be the perfect time to start investing. Oh my gosh, no, it wasn't. So in January 2018, I opened my account and bought cannabis stocks with the intent really of just making lots of money. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to make so much money from this because everybody else is saying it, that it's so great. And that is just one of the biggest mistakes I've learned not to make. Don't buy stocks on a hot tip or people's recommendations. And I don't blame the person that suggested this to me or anybody else. Opening the investment account when I didn't know what I was doing, buying stocks to try to get rich quick, These were all 100% my decisions. I had full control of it. And I really just let my ego, pride, and greed get get the better of me in making these choices of really sitting down and thinking, instead of like sitting down and thinking, hey, you don't really know anything about investing. Maybe you should do a little bit more research. And that's actually one of the reasons why I kind of rushed into the process without thinking about it and opened my TD investing account. I already had a TD account. So I didn't even bother looking anywhere else because I just wanted to take this hot tip and get into investing as fast as possible. So that was a really big mistake I made, obviously. You really should take your time in choosing your investments because investing is a long-term endeavor. And if you try to time it, you might get burned like me. And side note something that I also learned is that if you buy stocks on a hot tip it's probably not that hot if everyone's already talking about it that's kind of like when it's too late and it's, it's probably gonna go down soon and you're buying into the hype because that's what I did it's best not to time markets because rarely does anybody get it right because When I did it, I like had bought it on, uh, when you buy stocks on a hot tip, it's there's a very strong chance you're buying into the hype because it's already shooting up. There might not be that much potential left. That was me. I was the person that bought it at its absolute peak. Don't be that person. And that kind of leads me, you know, talking about investing in the cannabis industry to my next mistake. And the third mistake I made is I... Invested into an industry that I had very little interest in. And I didn't do that much research or follow up in the individual stocks. So I invested in cannabis because I thought I was going to make money from it. And I have nothing against cannabis, the market, the industry, or anyone who uses the product. But I personally don't use cannabis. And I just don't have that much interest in the product or the market or the industry. And so when I bought my cannabis stocks, the like absolutely next day it tanked. I swear I felt like a stock jinx for a while because every time I would buy a cannabis stock, literally the next day it would go down. I was never in the green with these stocks for even like a day. So I didn't get to ride the high for a day and say, oh, I'm doing so well. Because the next morning, it um, one of my stocks went through a merger. The other one went through a restructure. And um, one of them actually got cut in half overnight. I don't really understand what happened. And that was a huge mistake because I invested in an industry that I didn't really know that much about. I just wasn't interested in keeping up with the news and who's doing what at what time. And this kind of ties into mistake number two, which is, you know, buying stocks on a hot tip, because I entered into a market that was so volatile, I knew nothing about and I had no interest in. I've learned that if you are looking to buy individual stocks, and there are other options out there that I'm going to talk about, this is not the only way to invest, by the way, But if you are looking to buy individual stocks, it's probably easiest to start buying what you know. For example, I probably would have just been smarter to buy Apple stock. Now, the rush and the high and adrenaline wouldn't have been as much, but I also even though I don't consider myself a tech genius, I keep up with the releases of Apple. I have an iPhone, I have a MacBook, I have an iPad. I'm a big Apple consumer, as you can see. And so at the very least, if I was buying into stocks, I should have bought into something that I'm a supporter of, I'm a consumer of, and I understand, instead of cannabis, that was a complete gamble that didn't pay off. Like, looking back on it, it was so risky to buy a stock In an industry that I had no knowledge of, of, but that had no history. Like, cannabis wasn't even legalized in Canada yet. And so I just kept telling myself, oh, don't worry, things will get better in October when it's legalized. But for many reasons, the cannabis industry didn't go up that much. Cannabis, by the way, is still legal in Canada. But I ended up losing thousands when I completely sell. And because I just went into an industry blindly and moving forward, I'm going to, if I continue to buy into individual stocks, I'm only buying into industries that I'm interested in. And that leaves me to tip number four, which is buying individual stocks is not um, the only way. The fourth mistake I made when it comes to investing is that I discounted the value of robo advising and ETFs. For anyone who doesn't know, robo-advising is basically when you let a digital platform like Wealthsimple or Wealthbar invest in a pre-made portfolio for you based on your needs and goals. It's very simple. You take like a quiz and, and based on your current assets, goals, risk tolerance, they invest for you. It's a very passive form of investing because you let someone else do all the work and if you and you should look into what their portfolios are actually made of, a lot of it's ETFs, which is exchange traded funds, which is like a collection of individual stocks, and they take a small management fee from um from their investing. But if I could have started over, I really wish I'd started with robo advising. I currently have a well simple trade account and a well simple robo advisor account. And honestly. I just think it's a great way to get started. Even the quiz at the beginning, there are, they ask so many questions that I should have asked myself. Like, how long do you want to be investing for? What my goals are? What my risk level is? And like, this is not like a plug or an advertisement for them. It's just really what worked really well for me. And what I really love about something like Wealthsimple Or wealth bar is that you can invest with less risk you can kind of like dip your toes into investing without as much volatility and take the time to learn it properly they also do not come with account fees so there is no risk in opening one the reason why i use wealth simple over wealth bar is because wealth bar requires a minimum of a thousand dollars to start trading so it is quest trade and like i told you before when i first started i was like Opening a bunch of accounts to see what will work for me. But I really like with Well Simple that you can get started with $100. So if you don't like it, you can just take your gains and losses and leave. There's also no account fees to keep it open or transactions fees. They do take um, a management fee, but I'm not really sure how it affects the portfolio just yet because I joined WellSimple on a referral code from my best friend, who has clearly always been looking out for my best interest. So if you go on a referral code, you get the first $10,000 managed for free for the first year. And I'm still within that time frame and bracket. So I will provide an update, but you know what? So far, I'm really liking it. If you're interested in the referral, I, again, I will link information in the show notes. But one of the things I really want you to take away from this is, The importance of doing your research and understanding that there are different levels and options to investing because that's not something I didn't do. I thought investing was just buying and selling stocks, that's it, but it's not. I really wish I didn't discount robo advising earlier. I used to think that, like, if I, like, what's the point of having a robo advisor if I'm not making quick money? Well, actually, the point is that it's a great beginner strategy to start investing because if I had done that first, it would have given me the opportunity to learn more about investing without rushing into it all at once. And that's something that I really hope that you take away if you're a beginner investor as well, is to really go into it slowly. It's great to start investing, but you don't have to be an expert on day one. And that kind of leads me into my last mistake. The final mistake I made when it came to investing is that I just didn't ask any questions. I think I was so embarrassed by my mistakes that I didn't tell anybody about them because it felt very shameful. So I kind of just kept my secret hot tip cannabis stocks in the back of my personal finance portfolio and didn't tell anybody what was going on because I didn't want to be judged for it. I didn't want to ask questions because I didn't want to look stupid. And this was actually probably the biggest mistake that I made. I should have asked questions about account fees, the industries and what options were out there and what was right for me. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I when I enrolled in the boot camp in April investing boot camp, it was such a great decision because it was just an It just allowed me to see the other options out there and was a place that I could ask questions. Also, I know I've kind of dragged TD a little bit in this episode, but it really wasn't their fault. The reason TD has such high account and transaction fees is because it also gives you access to their personal advisors. I really should have sat down with a TD advisor and talked a lot about my investing options and goals instead of just going into it and blindly buying cannabis stocks because I wanted to make more money. If I had spoken to like a financial advisor, they probably would have deterred me from that path. They would probably have said something like, hey, you know, it's okay that you're interested in cannabis stocks, but it's a really volatile market and we don't know what's going to happen. So maybe you want to invest mostly in ETFs or mutual funds." And we can have cannabis stocks in us uh, as a small part of your portfolio to really create that balance like so I don't like blame TD for um, uh, what happened. I really should have been more proactive and asked those questions myself but really that twenty five dollar quarter fee like that's high um, when it comes to investing you really get what you pay for and I chose to not take the resources I had paid for. It because of my shame. And this kind of ties back again to developing that shame resilience moving forward. I'm asking questions. And the last place I didn't ask questions was to myself. I never really evaluated my goals when it came to investing. I just wanted to make money. But with the boot camp and the robo advising, there were a lot of questions that came up and that really helped me develop my investing strategy. That it's very personal to me. So if you're looking at be- uh, um, becoming an investor or starting to invest money into different markets, I am going to link some like quizzes and ser- things in the show notes so that you can kind of def- uh, understand what type of investor you are. And again, it depends greatly on your goals, your age, how long you want your money to be in the market investing. And I didn't talk about that this much because it is separate. But investing in for retirement is very different than investing, you know, for short term, like five to 10 years. Looking back, not asking questions was the worst decision I made because it is okay to not know everything. No one like is naturally a good investor right away it is it's not something that's intuitive it's just something that we learn and it's important to ask questions so to recap the five huge mistakes i made when it came to investing was one i didn't do any research and i paid ridiculously high account fees um two i bought stocks on a hot tip Three, I bought into an industry I had no interest in and didn't really do much research or follow up in the individual stocks. Fourth, I discounted the value of robo advising and ETFs. And fifth, I didn't ask questions. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. I'm so glad I made this episode because so many people have asked me about investing and I never really wanted to share anything because. I was just too embarrassed by my own mistakes. But as we talked about after this episode, it is going to be free in the world and I can be free of these mistakes. I personally love it when people talk about their mistakes, because as cheesy as it sounds, I think we do learn more from our mistakes than our successes. And this has been like the easiest episode for me to record, because after this is published, everyone will know my mistakes and you know what, the world will not end. So if you've ever made a financial mistake, just know it doesn't define you. And it's not the end of the world. It's been actually quite cathartic for me to talk about this. And I hope in sharing my embarrassing mistakes, you're also reminded that not only do we all make mistakes, but being open about it is especially in personal finance is the best thing you can do for yourself. So if you've made a mistake and you need someone to talk about it, please feel free to share it with me. You can find my contact information in the show notes or always send me a DM on Instagram. All again, details in the show notes, but thank you so much for tuning into this episode for listening to me. Take a screenshot and let me know what mistake resonated the most with you. I am so happy I recorded this episode. And until next time, happy saving and spending. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Millennial Life and Admin podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all figuring this work-life-money thing out together.